Hello, 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 hello. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. You're tuned in listening to the Cinematic Odyssey here on United to the Moose and your uh, favorite streaming platform, whatever you may choose. Uh, I'm <laughs> I am uh, here alongside with Max. We're going to be talking about um, one of cinema's greatest achievements. And that is, um, honestly, I don't know which which pronunciation of his first name is correct i don't know if it's akira or akira or akira uh i i've always called him akira but akira kurosawa's ikiru this is um one of his many masterpieces this is one of his earlier works too it came out in 1952 um this is my uh, second viewing of the film um even more so profound and moving than the first time I saw it. Because uh, there's a lot of... How shall I say it? There's a question... You know, you're forced to question your own humanity. And, well, more so, like, your purpose in life. What it means to live. Because that's kind of the, the, the main question that uh kurosawa poses in the film um what is it to live uh not what is the meaning of life a uh, different question but uh <laughs> first the answer to that question is 42 but uh we will cross that bridge when we get there <laughs> episode 291 we're talking about the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy <laughs> oh okay i see <laughs> promos for years in the future all while we talk about life not liberty not the pursuit of happiness just life uh, <laughs> it was uh my first time seeing it as well um and well not as well i assume it was your first time of, at one point not now but it was yeah, my second going second. through it and i was like you know this is going to be one of the ones that I'm going to watch at some point in my life. Might as well be now. Absolutely gorgeous. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. I, I always get hesitant when it comes to critics and, and voices and talking heads saying that this is one of the greatest achievements in cinema. Or this is one of the greatest uh, films to exist. And I'm like, okay, is it though? <laughs> is it really yeah yeah it kind of is it really is oh yeah i think oh yeah like it's not just the story it's how they splice it how they edit it did the, the different camera shot like i think the i only picked up on it really at the end which is kind of a shame which means well guess i gotta go back and watch it again <laughs> oh no whoops there goes my Tuesday night. <laughs> watch it again. But like the ending, the camera angles, fantastic. Um, oh, I, yeah. I really do. I really did enjoy. I mean, the premise, the I mean, for crying out loud, there is there are some really good bits of comedy in this film. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I do think it deserves to be mentioned in the breath of one of the greatest films in existence oh yeah and it's crazy that kurosawa has 
several films that are in that conversation. Um, that just goes to show his um, his influence on the on the art form and uh, his just mastery of cinema. Um, and also too, like his um, his legacy. I mean, he's most famous for his samurai films, but this is not a. This is far from being a samurai film. Um, I mean, you got, you know, Seven Samurai, which is his most famous work, and I, I would assume most people. Uh, actually, actually, I would not assume that. I don't think most people know about that film, although they certainly have seen films that have been influenced by it though that's that's certainly true and i i think ikuru um maybe not in the same breath as terms of influence but there i mean there was a remake that was made but i guess some of the techniques um and storytelling um techniques that kurosawa pioneered obviously is is still you know used to this day yeah um but yeah i mean yeah ikiru i can't sing his praises enough yeah um yeah this is a film that uh will get you will get you crying yeah cool. yeah 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 oh, i wasn't expecting to <laughs> can i do like yeah and i i just gotta say i do love the choice of you know having watanabe be a bureaucrat because across all film media books television you name it when have you ever seen a bureaucrat happy <laughs> never <laughs> exactly <laughs> perfect it's still Maybe. true 70 plus years, 80. Oh god, it's 80 now. It's not the 2010s anymore. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, really? Yeah, it's what was it, 52? Yeah. Hang on. I'm gonna do my counting on my phone. Wait, are you sure that's great? 82, 92, 02, 12, 22. Oh no, it is 70 years. Okay. Dang, that's 70 years ago. It's crazy. <laughs> Bro, that's crazy. Oh my lord. Wow. Really respect the counting on my fingers part of this now. <laughs> Damn. But uh yeah, there was a you know a film that I was thinking about um while watching this was uh Terry Gilliam's Brazil. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um that film follows a bureaucrat as well but it's more um it's the story is slightly different he's not he's not like a uh, a miserable man so to speak i mean his his life is pretty monotonous and very uh kind of bland in a day-to-day -day, in a day-to-day -day, uh, context but Brazil, I guess, is a more, more so uh, a commentary on on bureaucracy, on the suffocation of of uh, those systems on on uh, everyday people. Whereas this film is more about 
uh, Watanabe's individual kind of change after he gets news. But also, too, there is there is commentary, too. So kind of this film works Absolutely. in two ways. There's two. It's like a, a film with two and one. It's a two and one deal. You're getting two films in one. Because uh, on one hand, it's a very beautiful and gripping story of a man um, doing something good and, you know, finding purpose in his life right before he dies. And then on the other hand, it's a it's a film about the uh, the way that these um, governmental institutions kind of suffocate any and all progress and creativity and uh, life, uh, so to speak, yeah. in the people that work in these um, in these offices, in these organizations, agencies, <clears throat> and they're kind of like, uh, well, cogs in the machine. I know that's a very cliche term, but I, I, it fits well. It fits well in this in this in this uh, instance. Yeah, all these all these people that you see working there are kind of just sad and boring and miserable. <laughs> yeah, no, all they do they're just like they're they're passing it along because it's it's almost like they're automated because their programming is not is like oh well this actually has to go to somebody else, but then there's always a somebody else after that. Yeah. Um, like the beautiful beautiful passing i mean i shouldn't say it's beautiful it's really bad considering it's like none none of the government wants to clean up like a sinkhole or toxic waste and build a park for the kids yeah (laughs) like it's not like it's you know solving world hunger they're doing something very i mean he's comparably basic yeah yeah and um yeah no no you you can keep going I mean, all I'm going to say is like back to the, you know, soul sucking nature of this Japanese bureaucracy here, like Watanabe, as he goes through, as the film progresses, he just, he gets, he doesn't get shorter, but he sags more and more and more. And I don't know whether that's a, a... something to do with his illness and with his, I mean, he's got stomach cancer Mm -hmm. Uh, and him, you know, toppling over just to, you know, mitigate the pain, but he gets lower and lower and lower and he crouches and he sags and he, he's like him. It's like, he's imploding almost. Mm. Um, Everybody else around him stands tall. No one else is really feeling that, you know, fall, but as you know, his shuffle, his little shuffle as he walks for through most of the film, he gets lower and then he gets lower. And then in uh, the back, you know, hour of the film, when they're looking back on him in the last few, you know, weeks before he dies, he spoiler, alert, by the way, um, <laughs> he, uh, he just gets lower and lower and lower until he's essentially, he's almost at like a right angle. At the end, like, um, uh, like what? Hunchback Notre Dame? Yeah, a little bit, actually. Or what's his name? What's that character's name? Quasimodo? Yeah, Quasimodo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quasimodo. Except with a cool mustache. Yeah. Does have a cool mustache. 
Cool hat too. Gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look that hunched over. Am I tripping? He gets more hunched over I mean, as it comes. I mean, he's I mean, it's just yeah. like a little saggy kind of like after the um the red light district like hold up, there's like 10 minutes left. He um it's like he he knocks on the door and he's like Oh yes, yeah. He's almost completely horizontal from his upper body. Oh, that's true. That's true. I that is true. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, and that could be the disease taking a toll or attempting to do the right thing in the face of everybody resisting and not wanting to do anything to help at all. Yeah. Bearing all that weight. Yes. Yeah. Um but yeah, um Wantanabe was played by Takashi Shimura, who's been in um Seventh Samurai, Rashomon, Yojimbo, High and Low, Throne of Blood, oh. and several other Japanese masterworks, mostly by Kurosawa. Like he was also in the original Godzilla by Ishiro Honda. <laughs> And he's in a Kobayashi film, uh, Kwaidan. But he's mostly he's mostly worked and collaborated with uh, Kurosawa. But the uh, crowning achievement of his career, um, and man, he kills it. I mean, he's so I, 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 he's so there's something so expressive about his face like the way that he manipulates his face like just i when we when i started watching the film there was a shot that i remembered uh when i because i had seen it like four or five years ago Mm -hmm. for the first time and so it's been that long since i had last seen it and um there was a shot that i remembered that i just pictured in my mind of his face a close-up of his face like he's on the verge of tears, but you know th- this happens a couple of times throughout the film where he widens his eyes and he gets this like kind of frown on his face. But he, yeah, he he looks like he's on the verge of tears. Mm-hmm. It, it happens when he's singing the song in the, the like the upstairs room when the guy's playing on the piano. Um, and I think it happens again towards the end of the film when he's on the swing. Um, but yeah, that the the those shots, those close-ups of his face are just the most powerful, um, shots in the films. But like, it's so simple. I mean, it's not technically, it's not like a crazy impressive shot. It's just a close-up of the guy's face. But that just goes to show like his performance and the writing, uh, and obviously Kurosawa's directing is just um on on a whole nother level okay. uh um i mean but yeah thinking speaking of like the performance uh i i was incredibly impressed by that i mean the, just this the fact that the stare could hold so much and especially with the picture being in black and white like you're not getting technicolor you're not seeing eye color you're not seeing um textures and emotions in the face as well as you would on maybe a color screen but he's still able to 
give give us that much emotion and and power just through a, a vacant stare, which is incredible. And it kind of makes me really intrigued to go back and watch Living, the remake, because Bill Nye, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, N-I-G-H-Y, he... Uh, if, if I'm a fan because, you know, he's one of many actors in love, actually. Um, but he uh, <laughs> it's so good. But he um, he received uh, his first Oscar nomination for that role, the same uh, role, that lead role in a remake of Ikaru Living. Um, best actor didn't win, obviously. But um, I I find it interesting, like, had Japan been submitting um pictures to the academy had there been appropriate foreign um representation at the oscars back in the 50s had there not been you know just a lot of white dudes um getting nominated and winning how this performance fares with others from america in the 50s and see if yeah. that would have measured up yeah were we you know using the retrospective and looking back like uh-huh. that yeah i mean uh I mean, it probably it probably would have won. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't know. Even um, I guess it's just a testament to uh, Kurosawa's work. I mean, given that he wasn't getting much reception in the U.S. in the mainstream sort of thing. But I mean, you know, filmmaker American filmmakers took a lot of uh, notes from him. Uh, despite the fact that he wasn't um, as prevalent in the American cinematic discourse um, as he should have been, I guess. But he he was he was uh, he was recognized by the Academy in the '90s before he died. Uh, he he was given a Lifetime Achievement Award. So good. Um, yeah. And there, he was blind too, because uh, yes. when we when we covered Ran, um, he was he was like losing his eyesight. I don't know if we mentioned that in our pod, in our episode for that. I th- I think we did, or at least um, we talked about it at some point. Yeah, but he was losing his eyesight when they were when he was shooting the film Ran, and then he was like fully blind towards like one of his last films, Dreams which came out in the mid nineties or early nineties. And at that point he was like completely blind. Um, but yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. And Ikuro too, the title is to live. Yeah. Uh, translated to English, but, um, I mean, that that's, I, I, I'd love to get more into the philosophy. There was one more shot I want to mention though. Mm-hmm. Was- to tie back in with that bureaucracy stuff. Yeah. The like the very, very end. Um I don't know, I don't remember his name. Um, but the one guy who's like he was at the wake, but then he stands up in protest of um, I think it's Ono who is the um new Yeah, the new chief. Yep. But he stands up in protest and he's like, How could you? But he he falters. He he wilts. He doesn't have the life or death because he still needs a job. Yeah, it's not like they can fire the chief. They can fire him. He's a 
Replace lower me. level, buddy boy. Like, but then as he sits down, the camera tilts upward and comes down as well. And so when he sits down, we kind of just see his forehead. Like, well, first he's standing and we see just the upper portion of his torso. So like chest, shoulders, head. And then he sits down and we only see his like forehead. And then it pans down some more and it's just, we're covered in documents and folders. Yeah. 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 Chef's kiss. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Drowned and drowned out by all the needless, unnecessary documents and that. And yeah, because I mean, it's emphasized in the beginning of the film with that montage. Yeah. Which I've seen, I see, you know, you we've all have seen that type of montage used before. I don't know. I'm sure this is probably one of the very first instances of where that's being used. I'm not sure if that's the case, but I mean, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it probably is. But like <laughs> when no group of women are just going from department to department to department. Yeah. And they're just being <laughs> just thrown around like, oh, that's that's a sewage works issue. Oh, that's a water department issue. Oh, that's a fire department issue. Oh, it's this this agency's issue. Like, and then yes. they eventually come back full circle to the place where they started. <laughs> oh, I oh, it's, it's, it's so, so funny. It's so funny, but it's like so tragic. <laughs> I mean, that's the perfect way to describe it, honestly. Oh. Yeah, these poor women, all they're, all they're asking for is the city to deal with this problem of uh, toxic waste or whatever uh, near their homes in their, their little, like, town. And, uh, yeah, nobody nobody wants to actually do anything about it. It's just like, oh yeah, just go over there. They'll they'll help you out. You know, just don't bother me about it. It's not my problem. It's ridiculous. And like, you know, the 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 set design of the the office itself with stacks on stacks on stacks of papers, files, Paper. folders, so many documents, like it's absurd. You know, all those folks all those papers, not one filing cabinet. That's ridiculous. That's awful for organization. Can you imagine you're trying to rip out one file and it's on the bottom and it's like paper that's been stacked to the ceiling. You're yanking <laughs> out five and a half feet of paper and then it, you're in the, oh no, it's it got stuck. There was a rubber band around it or something. And then the entire <laughs> stack, just a wall of paper, reams and reams and reams just crush you <laughs> that's how a that's how the ancient greeks would die that's not how people die in 1950s or now oh man by paper but uh <laughs> yeah yeah i just wanted to just mention that scene but i yeah. mean the 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 great beauty of this film though is in its um story itself and the the philosophy and message that comes along with it um because i mean yeah you have this man who 
hasn't lived a, a fulfilling life. He's been toiling away for 30 years at his job. And he doesn't have a relationship with his son. He's a widow. Um, and he's just kind of like been going through the motions for God knows how long. And uh, he then finds out he has stomach cancer. He has at most a year to live, six months to live. And so begins his his journey to, you know, right some wrongs and uh, finally appreciate life uh, for what it is and what it can offer to one uh, to oneself. Um, but he goes through these various, he experiences like three different, maybe uh, perspectives that one would have on life, like the hedonist. Okay. The hedonist man. And then trying to rekindle love, I guess, mm-hmm. sort of. Although. I guess it's more like him trying him trying to recapture youth, his youth. I guess that's more accurate. And then him him finding his purpose, him finding the purpose in his life, and and actually doing something good in the uh, position, the job that he that he's had for so long. So, uh, I mean, I mean. I like it. I I think that that's great interpretation. Like I have my own view of what his relationship with um the woman, his coworker, is. But like as a tour of philosophy, don't know why I said it like that. But like as a tour of philosophy, that I mean, it does pretty well for it. I mean. To go from not living to getting to choose what kind of life you live in the last six months of your life. You, you got options. Yeah. I mean, I tended to think of him repeatedly wanting to go and see um, her name is Toyo, uh, the uh, his female coworker who's young. I didn't see that as much as, as a um a love connection. I didn't yeah. see that as much. Yeah. I saw that more of it like she is 30 years younger than him. But while he is 30 years into service in the government and now he's deciding, gee, what am I going to do with my life? I've wasted it all here. She's got that foresight thinking, gosh, what am I going to do? I've wasted it. I'm wasting my life here is planning to quit after what, like a year and a half. And I think he wants to be around that energy of someone who is self-aware, knows what she wants, um, or is at least is able to tell that she deserves better or can do better. And you know, trying to just, just you know, ha- hope some of that rubs off on him. Like, how could you know to quit this job a year and a half in 
when I didn't until through 30 years. Like, hoping that peer pressure rubs off on him almost. Mm -hmm. And that, that she wants, or at least that he wants to retire, but wishes that he had a do-over and that maybe he could have done something differently and like Mm -hmm. living with that regret a little bit more. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty accurate. I guess, um, well, cause I mean, up until he reveals to her why he always wants to hang out with her, I guess it's kind of a little unclear up until that point. But either way, I mean, he he makes his intentions clear as it's as to like you know he wants to recapture that that youth as you as you explained. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we we get some flashbacks too of of when he was uh, younger. Um, specifically flashbacks with his son. Um, because yeah. we see that him and his son don't really have a relationship. Um, because the day that he finds out he has cancer, his son and his uh his daughter in law, they're talking about his retirement and getting a new home, but like, uh, they don't think that he'll give him his money when he retires. Or passes away, or whatever, um, and so they they're kind of very uh, jaded. They they have this jaded perspective of him. Yeah, and materialistic. Yeah, yeah. We and like, I think now now when he finds out that he's gonna die, he finally realizes like the many many years of neglect that he's had for his son is now like oh my god what have i done you know and he tries to he tries to rekindle it and it completely fails because they just assume that he's uh gonna marry this his uh his co-worker um because of his uncle uh his son well his brother told his son you know oh he's probably with some young woman or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah which he was but not not for this not for the reasons they assumed he was with her um but yeah we see we oh yeah we see two flashbacks one when he's at his wife's funeral and he's just kind of like sitting in the car very silently and his son who's sitting in his lap and he's he's uh looking at the hearse or whatever in front in front of them and he says uh what does he say he says mommy don't go away something like that yeah and um i guess the mom at least for him was the only source of kind of love and affection and compassion and warmth that he had probably and his father 
obviously wasn't um, really present, as we see in some other flashbacks, where his son gets his appendix removed, and he asks his dad, yo, are you going to stay in for the operation? And he's like, no, I have stuff to do. <laughs> Oh my god. Like what? You have stuff to do. Like what are you talking about? You don't have anything to do. <laughs> oh, what? And I mean, yeah. That that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, the appendix isn't really necessary, but like this is the 50s. Actually, no, this is before that. This is the yeah. like, 20s. Like, yeah, something like that. You could die from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so there's that, and also too, like we see a scene of of him at his son his son's baseball game, and he's like super proud of him in one moment, and then his son makes a mistake and is like, ah, actually, because he was talking to some some yeah. other dad next to him, and he was like, oh, that you know the player who hit got that hit, that's my, and then he makes a mis- a base running error. Gets yeah. out and then he stops talking. <laughs> oh, so I, yeah. And everybody around him calls the kid an idiot and and yeah. awful and stupid. How could you make that mistake? Like he got caught stealing or something. Like that's, yeah, yeah. Not his fault. <laughs> but yeah, so his dad, um, Wantanabe is not a very uh Kenji is not a very uh good father. Not a good father. Not a good father. Um, and I think the job kind of deteriorated, and also to his wife's passing, um, definitely did not help. Um, Absolutely not. So, I mean, but and there's one more thing with the son too that I want to mention. Uh, at the wake, he he has the line. Um, it's something like. Uh, if he if he had cancer, he would have told me. Mm-hmm. Or um, I wish he would have told me, and then I would have known. Or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I personally love the decision um, to not have Watanabe tell his son that he has cancer. Well, he tried. He did try. He did try. He got accused. Uh, being a younger woman and wasting all his money so yeah i mean uh, looks like the shoes on the other foot now i think i used that wrong but that doesn't matter um but like he's upset because he didn't see it coming and he's lived his entire life with this awful relationship with dad and then now all of a sudden he's gone there is no chance to repair that. Uh, there is no redemption arc. There is no improvement. There is just dead. Um, mm-hmm. And it's that interesting thing of when do you start to care? When do you start to make the effort? Because in saying that, you're implicitly saying, well, yeah, he was going to die. But everyone dies eventually. Had he just told me he was going to die, I would have done my best to make this relationship better. When at any point in those last six months, he could have started to make that relationship better unprompted out of the pure desire 
to do so, not because of the pressure of losing that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it, it's that it's that moment of why wait? Why why do I have to know if somebody's going to die tomorrow to be kind to them? Um why not just be kind to them today? And that way if they die tomorrow, you will live knowing that you did your best and that you tried and that you worked on it to improve and be the best you could. Like I love that interaction because it's it's so heartbreaking yeah. and yet absolutely beautiful and perfect. And it's it, it's just the point that that Kurosawa needs it to be because you're not always going to get told. You're not always going to have a, a date on everything. Yeah. Not a, not every disease. Like, I mean, heart attacks happen. Car accidents happen. People just die in their sleep sometimes. Like, there's not always the the... the the deadline the the countdown clock yeah ticker on you the bomb strapped to the underside of the car yeah <laughs> yeah you, you can't gotta... granted exactly yeah and um because at the wake their one co-worker who is there you know when they're all reminiscing on the moments all the various moments where kenji is like insisting to the nth degree and making sure this park gets built. They're all like at the end of when they finally realize that he actually did have stomach cancer. And that was the reason why he uh, he was doing the things he was doing. And he was res- he was fully responsible for getting that park built. Um, because without his insistence, it would have never been built. And they they finally come to that realization and they're like they all like break out and they're they're all saying oh we're gonna follow his legacy we're gonna continue his legacy and (laughs) and do all these great things and then uh and then (laughs) oh no no they say no 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 they say if if we if we find out we're gonna die right isn't that the qualifier that they say it might be i I, I forget uh, i i know they do say like yeah we're gonna follow in his footsteps i know that for sure um uh, yeah they're saying oh no i remember i remember they said that if they were in his situation they would have done the same thing but they also said we'll sacrifice ourselves in service of the people yeah 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 like but um but yeah but also too but then the the one guy we see it who was on the last shot of the film. He stands up and is like, Well, we could all die tomorrow. <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, life isn't guaranteed. And why aren't you uh being good people regardless? Yeah. You know? And completely eviscerates their their uh their their talk that oh yeah if if i if i knew i had i was gonna die i would 
completely change my life. I would turn it, do a turn, complete 180. <laughs> and then they all, and then they're all like, go all silent. And they're like, oh yeah, you're right. Whoops. <laughs> it, it's the, um, it's the tree proverb, uh, the Chinese proverb. Uh, the, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. I mean, you can apply that to all of that. The best time to start living was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Yeah. You can you can replace that with anything. Do the right thing. Be kind. Be loving. Be forgiving. Generous. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Because it's never, it's never too late, but it's also, what have you been doing? Yeah. Why, what took you so long, you know? Exactly. And it's like... Uh, and I, yeah, it took uh, Kenji to face his death to finally realize that, like, okay, what have I been doing all this time? I have been doing nothing. And it takes him, it takes him a while to finally figure out what he needs to do, because, like, you know that that guy he meets in the bar, who kind of takes him to the red light district. Oh yeah, takes in the clubs, takes in the parties, whatever you know. So all these things, and we get that beautiful scene of him singing that "Life Is Brief" song, which is haunting, but also very beautiful. Um, and you know, we find we see a, a glimpse. We kind of see the the heart, his heart is being transformed right before our eyes when he's like, you know, realizing that this isn't what I'm looking for in life. This is not the kind of life that I missed out on. Like this isn't fulfilling like this lifestyle that this guy at the bar thinks, you know, life is about like, that's not what it's about. It's not about these things that, you know, are pretty, um, uh what's the phrase like touch and go or whatever that 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 kind of mindset um and then it took him to hang out with his coworker for a prolonged period of time and then after those those two those two interactions experiences it took him then finally to realize like oh i know what i need to do um and he moved heaven and earth to get it done. <laughs> and and you know in the in the, in his process of doing that those getting the park built he was actively going against the status quo of the you know the the governmental systems institutions the the um the bureaucracy that is uh, in place there. However, he's only one person. And, you know, when he's gone, <laughs> he's gone. And it's just going to go back to, you know, business as usual. And and it's yeah. like, it's the system. Because, like, you know, you have the one guy who, who actually wants to help out. But then everybody else is like, no, no, no. No, no, no. We don't do that here. We don't do that here. We don't help people out. We don't, we don't progress do society here. in a positive direction. We just keep things the way they are. 
<laughs> we live our lives like nothing is going wrong. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the way, yeah, the way Kurosawa just like weaves those two threads together is amazing. It's so good. I mean, it. I, you know, if there's one regret, it's because I, it's that I couldn't get it all in one sitting. Mm. I had to kind of spread it out. But like, I mean, the. There are some really, really good parallels. There are some really, really great shots. And it just, it kind of still draws you in because it's just, it's so simple of a story. The man is terminally ill. What's he going to do about it? Like you can pop in at any point and kind of understand what's going on, uh, which is helpful because you can then pack so much meaning into that story. Like the, um, we mentioned, I mentioned earlier about the, uh, the one worker who stands up and then he shrivels and he, 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 he picks up his chair and he goes to sit back down. Mm-hmm. There's that moment where he's staring back at the chief, um, the chief of public affairs or whatever his title is. And he's staring for a few seconds, but then he's like, no, I can't do it. And he goes, I go back. And I remember this because I timed it because I was like so worried that I missed something Mm. that I went back again. And when Watanabe is confronting the the deputy mayor about his proposal, he (laughs) (laughs) he um, the deputy mayor is like uh, he turns his back to Watanabe. Watanabe is like, hey, will you please reconsider this proposal? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought he turns around with that mindset of, I thought the conversation was over. Who the hell are you? How dare you stand up and talk to me like this? And it just, and then it's just a close up shot of his face and it stays there for like 20 seconds. And it's just his face and he's not backing down because he's got that, cancer in him i guess uh he's got that i mean he's got that dog in him he's just staring at the dog in him <laughs> he does he's staring down the deputy yes. mayor he's staring down his boss as like an old shambling decrepit man because he wants a park done he's got that dog in him <laughs> he's got that dog in him <laughs> The X-ray, the X-ray didn't find stomach cancer. The X-rays really found that dog. <laughs> found that bulldog, dude. Dude, that's what they found. The doctors found in the X-rays that they took of him. Guy in the waiting room just being like, "Oh, they'll find your stomach ulcer, and then they'll tell you you you'll be fine, and then you'll actually have six months to live." <laughs> <laughs> and and actually, no, it's just a you know. Belly Pitbull. <laughs> Talking about the Hotel Motel Holiday Inn. Oh, man. He's got that dog again. Oh. <laughs> oh. He's him. Kenji Wantanabe is him. He's himothy. Dude, he's him. He's him. 
Not many, you know, if I had to pick, not many guys are going up into the deputy mayor's office and standing that there and getting him to turn back around and getting him to reconsider that proposal. Yeah, yeah. You know, fate of the universe, Martians at the death being pointed at Earth. You better stand up to the deputy mayor. I want <laughs> <Kenji> Watanabe. <laughs> yeah, he's going to make him reconsider that, that stare. That stare of, like, utter devastation and... <laughs> like warmth and please like please please with the cherry on top can you reconsider <laughs> oh man but yeah um yeah it's funny you said that's funny you said that uh i i lost my train of thought i mean we were just talking about the deputy mayor yeah deputy mayor he he was he was all down the by Montanabi. What? I mean, we can talk about the whole political angle too, like the fact that oh, people are saying that uh, Watanabe actually helped build and is the one who built this park, and is the reason. And the deputy mayor is like, well, no, my administration okayed it, so I get I should get credit. Oh yeah, 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 and yeah, because they had a conversation at the wake about it. And they're all like, no, uh, actually, uh, we need to, uh, technically, the, the park management built it. Uh, they had all the blueprints and the plans and all that. Yeah. And, like, okay, sure, they're the ones that, like, physically built the thing. But, you know, it's, it's again, it's like, like uh, the bureaucracy aspect where it's, like, the person who was responsible for pushing it pushing the project to completion is you know the man who's is like you know solely responsible for getting it done but they all refuse to to acknowledge that because they want the credit they want the they want the clout they want uh well the deputy mayor wants to get reelected or whatever so He's like, I, I did it, guys. I did it. He he didn't do anything. He's um he's just uh he's just some dude. Um but yeah. But uh I mean the people the people of the town where it's built know they know that Wantanabe is the man responsible. They know he's the one who actually cared um, and wanted to do good by them and for them. Um, and there's that, you know, that scene, that flashback scene where he takes all the women up to the, the deputy mayor's office. And he basically confronts them. <laughs> he confronts them. Um. Yeah, I mean it's oh my gosh, it's just so so amazing, so amazing, absolutely beautiful film. Well, I think I think I have to update my my four favorites. I think I have to slide this one in somewhere. Oh yeah! Oh wow! You like that much? Wow! Love to hear that. It's I mean, you you got on me a little bit for the uh for my rand takes. I'm like, oh, it's just King Lear. Yeah, it's. No, it's not just King Lear. It's stunning. It's gorgeous, but it is King Lear. 
did I know who was going to die? Yes. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> right off the bat. You, 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 dead. This one, a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I shouldn't say it was fun. We, we kind of just watch a guy die, but you know. It was, it was, um, it was, a... it was worth it. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, Ikuru, what a, what an amazing film. One of his, uh, best works. Although I, I, I will say that Ran, I think is still his, his, uh, his best, best film in my opinion. All right. But, I, I, you know, you could make an argument for a lot of his films to be his best. Um, that's just the nature of, of Kurosawa and his filmography. But Ikuru is still a towering cinematic achievement. Yeah. Um, especially considering it came out in 52. Um and how profound and gripping it is, how moving it is. I mean, that, yeah, I'm telling you. When you guys watch that, you're going to cry. Guaranteed. Yep. Guaranteed. If you don't cry, uh, there's something wrong with you. Just tell yourself not to cry, then you'll cry. <laughs> it's, that's what I do. It's great. It's way more powerful. <laughs> it works. Yeah. And I believe we have one more thing special planned we're going to start try and start doing some of these um at the ends of some episodes just giving you a little bit more uh, more of those fun stuff some of the stuff that we've been working on and cooking up so uh tristan and i i think we both have it a uh, list of our top five films with time related words in the title okay i i got that you got that um I would you care to go first yeah, I'll go first. This is in no particular order, by the way. Okay. Okay. Uh, I hope uh, the these films fit this criteria. Okay. But I, I got Opening Night from John Cassavetes, 1977. Sure. It's about a actress, a theater actress, who is an alcoholic, and she's a few days away from well, the opening night of her play, who she's the lead um, actor, actress for. And she um, goes on this kind of journey of like uh, where she kind of has a new onlook on life because one of her fans gets killed in a car accident near her hotel. So that film, that film's amazing. Very good. Uh, Before Sunrise. I mean, that's a classic. Richard Linklater. You got Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke. Uh, you know, Two Peas in a Pod. Some of the best acting you'll watch in your life. Um, I mean, it's literally just the two of them falling in love with each other and having conversations. I mean, it, it doesn't get any better than that. I, I wasn't going to put the whole trilogy on there because uh, it's cheating and, you know, redundant. But they all three films belong on this list. But I just put that one only. Uh, I got Brighter Summer Day from Edward Yang. 
they works right they okay yeah that's, that's fair that's a good one. that works i mean that's a that's a freaking masterpiece in my eyes one of the ba- greatest films i've ever seen in my life um same goes for before sunrise but this this is just a notch higher on my list um i mean we talked about Yi on the on the cast oh, yeah. uh, this is his uh 1994 film or 91 actually 91 but yeah, that's a masterpiece. Go watch that. I got Good Time. Oh, this Good happened. Time from uh, the Safty Bros. My guys, I know you're not a big fan of them, but hey, it's okay. It's okay. Hey, we're, we're, we can be wrong sometimes. It's all right. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Good Time. Good Time is uh, another manic inducing panic inducing uh thriller from the safety bros it came out a few years before uncut gems this one has robert pattinson in it this film's amazing great time good time it's a good time and then the last one i got i got uh one of my all-time favorites my it used to be my number one favorite of all time our favorite film of all time for many many years but it's been jumped down to number two because of lion this is uh, Back to the Future. Oh. Yeah, Back to the Future. I'm sure everyone listening to this knows that film. Um, if you don't know about that film, then I don't know what you're doing. You're living under a rock six feet below the earth. You know, that too. So, you know, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's a classic. That's a certified classic. So that's those are those are my uh, five films with the the title dealing with time. Fair enough. Okay, I, what you I, got? What you got? I kind of hastily put this together. There's somewhat of an order, just because like some of these don't deserve to be near the bottom, but like it's not like super ordered. I've seen all of these at least, so you know, big thumbs up there. Uh, uh, I've got the last five years, which is a uh. I mean, they, it is a, it's a stage musical. Okay. Recently, uh, 2013, 2014 made into a movie musical stars Jeremy Jordan and Anna Kendrick. And it's spectacular, mostly just because the musical is wonderful. It's Mm -hmm. the story of a five-year relationship between a man and woman. They get married. um, They start dating, they get married, and then they break up divorce and it goes horribly. And her, she tells the story in reverse chronological order. Yeah, okay. He tells the story in regular chronological order. Oh, I see. So there's that moment where they kind of meet in the middle and then ah. the opposite way. And it's it's really cool. And there's some really cool moments in that in that movie um that they can do because it's a film and not on stage, which I love. Um four, I've got Yesterday, the uh Beatles movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen it a lot. I do really like it. Maybe that's just because I'm a Beatles fan, but like, I mean, gotta. Uh, let's see. I have actually About Time, which is very similar. Oh, that, okay. I know that film. Very similar to Ikaru, also starring Bill Nye. Uh-huh. Um, but I like it. I mean, don't think too hard about the time travel rules because it. <laughs> It won't make sense, and it will ruin 
the point of the movie. So just don't don't think about it. Okay. <laughs> um, I actually, I'm not sure if this counts. You can tell me if this counts. Um, Moonlight. That. I mean, uh, if Sunrise counts. Uh, like, I mean, that's stretching it. But and, uh, okay, quick pivot. Quick pivot. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay, that counts. That counts at once. Yeah, yeah that counts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we've counts. talked about it in in depth. It's great film. Good. Yeah. Um, but I I had to save number one for something that kind of just left me speechless after I watched it the first time. Um, Apocalypse Now. Oh, dude, I was thinking of putting that on my list. I was thinking of putting that on my list, but I was like, now, I mean, now I, yeah, I guess, yeah, that works. That works. Very liberal use of time. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh, I, I could put that on my list, but I was like, mm. yeah, yeah, but yes, yes, Apocalypse Now. Love that film. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta talk about that on your, at one, one point some point i love it but yeah great list all right well um i gotta that'll do it i gotta i gotta dash but next week we'll figure it out as we have been for the <laughs> several months <laughs> you guys will will be surprised as you are every week for the past like 20 weeks I don't know um, what what we're going to be talking about. But hey, hey, that's fine. That's fine. Um, hey, as long as we're we're pumping them out, you know. So. Well, that's been um, Ikiru, Ikiru from Akira Kurosawa um, here on the Cinematic Odyssey. You're in Unity to the Moose. Tune in next week, uh, as always, Wednesdays. Um, on your favorite streaming platform. Thank you for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed. Let us know if you want to be a, you know, a guest. You know, that's always available. Just let us know. But yeah, catch you guys next week. Um, have an amazing day, week, rest of your weekend, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening. Uh, that's been Ikiru. Uh, forever.